Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It is the final word. Liverpool beat Southampton by two goals to one down at St. Mary's. I'm your host, Paul Machen. I'm joined by Tom Dutton, by Jack Gill, and by John Reed as well for this one. Uh, let's dive straight into it then, Tom. Um, Let's look. Let, I, I think boil it down from the very from the very top here. There's plenty of discussion points to get stuck into, but it's three points we all very much would have taken on. You know, in the in the days between the Super Cup and this, when we were saying Liverpool are tired, yeah. Liverpool are going to be fatigued, Liverpool are going to have a real struggle in this game. And although the you know the scoreline made it a bit more of a struggle ultimately, it again. Three points was all that mattered. It was, and especially looking at all the fixtures around the league, there was a, there was the City Spurs one. You knew one of your rivals was going to drop points. Turns mm-hmm. out they both did, and and you're looking at it and, and thinking we need to make a mark here. We need to keep going on, and and, and it was a test. I remember saying in the build up, it's a test of. It's another one. You go in there, you've won a trophy. What's your mentality going to be? Yeah. You've got to go out there and, and and do it again. Yes, yeah. you've you, you've 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 sealed something this season, but you need to go out there. Go again. It turns out it was quite hard for us to go again. That first half we did struggle, and we'll speak about that. But I, it was another test that Liverpool have overcome and made up for it. I, I agree, and that, that's so many factors going into this, Jack. I say the, the, the fatigue, the turnaround time. I think Jurgen Klopp played it brilliantly in the in the, in the uh, pre-match press conference. Like I'm not making any excuses about all this. I'll talk about it after the fact. We, our aim was to go go and win. But Tom mentioned it there. You've gone and won silverware. It was a, it's been a ludicrously intense couple of weeks of the season you know like the, we, we, that was a third game of the season we've been through two penalty shootouts already um, as a fan I was goosed let alone you know the lads who ran around for 120 minutes yeah I, th- I think it was a stupid decision to have extra time in the Super Cup and I think I mean Klopp's got got that problem hasn't he when, whenever he has a problem with something and comes out and says he's got a problem he gets all the oh he's moaning again blah blah he's making excuses so I think Klopp did the right thing being quiet and I think it was it was a difficult game and Southampton obviously wanted to bounce back they lost 3-0 to Burnley the week before and I think I think we we did well to weather the storm really, and three points is is all we needed. Yeah, it was. Um, the, 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 we spoke on I think it was the final word show last week when we had Kieran Gethin and John, and he's a obviously Welsh boxing champion. He talked about that mentality of once you've won something, there's a temptation to be like ah, sit back and admire mm. it. Whereas it, that was that was the thing that would have been. It doesn't take it doesn't take you it doesn't take the super cup off yet. No one goes into the champions wall in Melwood and, and prizes the uh, the number four off or what or whatever. But it, it it would you start to think it's for nothing because you know you don't have an open top bus parade. There's not three quarters of a million people lining the streets to celebrate the super cup. It's something that you celebrate really at the end of the season when you've had a good a good entire campaign. It's for naught because the, we all know the Premier League's the, the big one and we had to go there and we had to pick ourselves up and, and not let celebrations get too carried away and go and win the game. We do and I think like I think this team's in a weird position because I think like you look at or certainly you hear old fellas going about like how hard it is to win leagues, you know, the fellas who who, who got won a match when, when we last won the title and stuff and I think you forget that like this is the hardest thing like that any team's ever had to do because no team's ever had to you know, like literally win every game yeah. to win the league, and that, that's the unfortunately for us, doing it. That, that's the era of football we're in, where we've got a team like City. You know, we're constantly just winning games and stuff and rolling teams over. But you know, it, it's hard to. I think you know, for for all the reasons I think everyone knows, like you know, the summer we've had, the preseason, all the, the international tournaments and stuff, to just keep keep putting minutes into people's legs and stuff. And you know, 
we've got that weird Suedo derby thing with, with Southampton as well because of like the players and stuff we brought yeah. off them oh and god I, Southampton <laughs> fans hate <laughs> hate Liverpool I've mentioned this on the uh, in the past I'm going to I'm going to a family wedding in in a week or so's time and the the the, the husband's a bit of me of my sister-in-law his, his mum and dad are rabid Southampton fans and at the <laughs> engagement party they accuse Liverpool of raping them oh uh, nice. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. that's not what rape is by the way um, I love that's that that's, that's, that's prostitution I love um, all that we're, like, me, me and Ross were there and 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 they were booing Van Dijk every single time. We were like, mm. sorry, best best centre back in the world. So we just started singing. Lalana would have been on there. We would have sang a song for Lalana. That's the worst. That's like. the thing. Lalana, Lovren. What, and, sorry, what would you Lalana song? Um, I mean, just go to <laughs> it. Lalana. <laughs> yeah, probably. We would have made one up on the spot. But <laughs> I think uh, that that's something that I, I want to speak about. It is the the away atmosphere. First away season or a first away game of the season. And you, you you look at Anfield and just. Hang on, I'm not, I've just been to Turkey. <laughs> and I've been to the, and I've been to Premier League. Premier League. First home away. In terms of Anfield and welcoming them back there, it's all the it's all the away lads yeah. who go there every single week, week in week out, and it didn't stop. It was great. I mean, obviously, once they scored, we had a little lull as Southampton was surrounding us on both sides and they gave us a cheer. But it was just nice to get that back. Really nice to get that back, and all the Southampton fans were having fights in the stands. You couldn't see on telly, but it was great. Really, <laughs> but um, it, it was just a joyous atmosphere, and one I think everyone can take half from that and go right. There's your there's your home win. There's your away win in the Premier League. Yep. We know we can do it now. Mm-hmm. Carry on. I yeah, think completely. I think I think one thing you forget, just especially still being the start of the season, is I think like over the summer we're all in each other's heads, aren't we? And you know, Champions League aside and stuff, which was brilliant, and most of us were delirious for six weeks. Like you're you're all in each other's heads and you forget that like you know we 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 haven't signed a player all this stuff going on and you're like these lads are actually really good at football like you forget that we're actually an elite football team yeah. and like getting to see you know like we've we've obviously got a few issues which I'm, which I'm sure we'll come on to in terms of things at the minute still, still working out the defence certainly but like you seeing them you know in the flesh you, you forget how good they are and stuff and like these are the type of performances where you think oh yeah. You know, because these are the type of performances that historically for us have been the difference between us being top four, yeah. maybe maybe top six, to being up at the far end of the table. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about it because we changed, we made changes to the team, John, and uh, let, let's look at it in terms of the midfield first and foremost. I'm not sure that midfield's played together since probably like City in the Champions League quarterfinals season before last. You know, Oxford Chamberlain got injured against Roma in the next in the next. I mean, he might have played the next game or whatever. But you know, Genie Genie Holden Ox back in there, back in midfield, which is great to see. Um, you know, we 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 were forced to make changes there, and I I, I like the attitude to those changes. Was the midfield? You've got no choice because Fabinho and Henderson have played 120 minutes and done and done the pens as well. So you need to keep them, keep them fresh. We've got the options to bring in there, certainly. I like. Well, well, let's talk about Ox next. But I also, I like that the front three. He just went right, lads. You're all in this together. No one's more important than anyone else. You're all going to take another spin, and you're all going to go again. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll pick back up on that again. But let's let's talk Oxley Chamberlain first. I thought uh, not a brilliant performance, but I thought a, a very encouraging one. It was, yeah, and I think I think it helped as well, especially with Milner with the injury and stuff. That like he. I'd seen bits from the manager in the week where he said like he'd felt a bit mean on him in the Super Cup, kind of putting him where he put him and stuff, kind of like slightly out there and mm-hmm. out wide and stuff. But I, I thought he, he thought he had a good game, and you know you've got to temper everything. I think with the fact that he's still coming back from a, you know a really really long layoff and stuff, and he hasn't, I think he said himself he hasn't played competitive football for like sixteen months or something stupid or mm. something mad. Um, and it was just nice to see him find it as well. You know he he, he 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 didn't sustain it for the ninety minutes, but he was showing the flashes of what we. What we all know he can do, and what we've missed—that kind of like player between the lines who kind of links play—and it can be quite cute with the ball. And yeah. it makes me, you know, I've had a bit of fun this summer on Twitter. I've had a go with people who keep saying we should have signed Coutinho back, <laughs> uh, like, but it's nice seeing that we've got a player within the squad who can do that. Because I think, even though you've got someone like Lalana, who's you know seems almost absent from the squad most most weeks now, like having someone like Chamberlain who can do that, and I can run as well. Yeah. You know, Lalana's biggest thing I think has always been his lack of pace. So having someone like Chamberlain. Back in and around the squad and thinking like, that's a different option. That's something that we can do that that we haven't had for most of the eighteen months. It's uh, Jack. He was look, he was in and out of the game. I think I think it's fair. There's times there's the spells where he, he he disappears, but it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this sometimes because like, he was out for a year. He missed an entire year's football. And I think our base logic is we see a lad in training, we see him in pre-season, and we presume okay, there you go. He's just back. 
but he's not the level of intensity that's required. You know, you see, that's why footballers come into the Premier League from all different kind of situations and backgrounds, different leagues, different ages, and what have you. And most of the players that come into the Premier League don't succeed in the Premier League, or at least not to the true, true elite level. So that's why I use the word encouraging because. I think he came in and he found his foot really well. Yeah, I think most people were shocked when we first signed Chamberlain. Obviously, the price tag at first, and and we actually signed him. I think everyone was a, was quite shocked to see him, him join Liverpool. And I think when he first came in, he played really well for us. And obviously, he had the long layoff. And and it, last season, he seemed to be that sort of player that we were missing. That that eight who can who can create, who can score. And and I think it will take time with him. He has had a long layoff. And, and it will take him time to get back. But I, I do think it was really encouraging to see him back. I think playing in the Super Cup, obviously not in his position. People started to to wonder whether... Well, Klopp mentioned in the po- in his po- in pre for Southampton that like 45 minutes, look, it wasn't a great performance, but it was... It was it was minutes in his legs, yeah. and in some regards, I would because he could have played Shakiri, you know, and he, he yeah. could have switched things around. Shakiri would have been in more natural, maybe natural fit. He's played far more and more successfully in the front three. But you start to look at that performance and go, he, he knew he, he knew he couldn't drop Chamberlain cold into the middle of midfield. So in some regards, the Super Cup performance actually makes a little bit yeah. more sense if you, if you group them together. Yeah, I, I think I think it will take time with him, and I think obviously. I think Kaito getting injured so early in the season has, yeah. has, has been a killer for us because I think maybe this was one of the games where he'd have played over Ox or, or at least after maybe 60 minutes we'd have brought Kaito on and, and given Ox a rest. But I think right now with, with Naby out, I think we've got no option but to play Ox because he's the only real spark of creativity. Particularly when Henderson needs Yeah, the, exactly, needs yeah. I think the, the most encouraging thing for me is obviously, yeah, it took him a while to get into the game and the first half we weren't great but the team as a whole wasn't fantastic. Mm-hmm. As soon as Southampton started getting a bit tired, started dropping off a bit, you saw how good he was with a team where you've got to break them down. It's really, really crisp passing which to be honest, it's taken him a while to get that back and yeah. pre-season his passing was dreadful at times and then you're seeing him just picking the ball up, one-touch stuff, being confident enough to keep hold of the ball and run rings around the he man. introduced a few of the yeah. tricks and flicks as well exactly because me and my dad were watching the game together and we discussed this is that I think he, he's playing within himself for most of the game yeah. and you're right it's, it's like that moment where it's like it's like breaking through scar tissue you may be a little unsure you don't want to yeah. fully extend yourself and then once you find you and you go okay and he, and he did it and, and he, he, his level actually went up once he started yeah. doing a bit more of the, the flash and flare definitely and I think it, it, look we're talking about it being encouraging and, and bigger signs I think we'll see in the, in the next games to come is when he starts coming on, hopefully he comes in raring to go like that and he can just take the game by the scruff of the neck. He's going to be a player that we bring in and go, affect the game, lad, do something. And whether that's from the start or whether that's from when he comes off, but he is an integral part of that attack. You've got to look at that front three and obviously we'll speak about them, but just how good and how fluid they already are mm-hmm. is going to help him massively in terms of going, right, all I need to do is fit in with them and I'll be at a, I'll be at a top class level. Having them players around is massive. Well, it, you know, Gini Van Alden mentioned it in pre-season, John, about how in fact, at the end of the season, in fact, leading up to the Champions League final, about how he how he fights for his place, and he's, you know, everyone makes everyone else better. And and at the moment, and in fact, funnily enough, Oxford Chamberlain was laughing about it with, with his interview with Chris, uh, which is on the RedmenTV.com. By the way, can't <laughs> check that out. Um, that he. Um, like he's come back from injury and there's the skipper sat in his sat in his position. Jordan Henderson's been basically flawless since he's moved to that to, to that role. And that's but, but I, I look at that from two ways. From Oxford Chamberlain, it must be a bit like, oh, but hey, listen, if he wants to be better in that position than Jordan Henderson, then fucking hell. Yeah. We're gonna have an, an, some incredible options. Well, and you know, it's it helps, you know, as you say, like it helps with the lads, as in it helps with the lads push themselves, but it also I think it gives us a, an extra layer of things. You know, I think a lot of people would look at someone like an Origi and go, where does he fit? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we... What We've got to change our setup to get something better out of him. But you suddenly think, well, if you've got him up front and you've maybe got a, a Chamberlain behind him, say, yeah. you know, from midfield and, you know, maybe a Shaqiri or whatever, whatever the options are, all of a sudden then rotating the front three does seem a bit easier. You know what I mean? Then you can yeah. suddenly go, well, actually, yeah, we're going to play a different way of football, but we've got the midfield options to make the numbers up and stuff. Yeah. And I, I think Tom touches on a really good point, actually, in terms of his recovery. I think, like not just his attitude to come back and be like, I've got to be better than Henderson now mm-hmm. to get in this team. Just his attitude to go in and do stuff. Because as you say, I think like you come back from a long layoff and you can maybe go into tackles a bit gingerly and think, yeah. oh, I don't really want to... And he, he didn't have any of that. He just came on and was committed and maybe he was lacking for fitness or something, you know what I mean? But yeah. his attitude, I thought, was outstanding. And it's 
you know, like I say, it can only help us, you know, get through these games when you know maybe not all a peak fitness. Absolutely. I think I think it gives us another option as well because obviously Oxford, Chamberlain, Henderson, are, although they play in the same position, they're two completely different Absolutely. style players, and I think. I do think the sort of Oxford Chamberlain sort of style player we were we were missing last season. I think Kaito obviously took a long time to adjust to the Premier League, and I think Oxford Chamberlain can be a really special player for us this season. I think it is going to take him time, but I, th- I think he will be a very important player for us. I completely, I completely agree, and that's to say, very, very encouraging indeed. Um, we we were a bit shit in the first half. We were terrible. <laughs> we were, we had cracks. We were. I was talking about good performance. We were really, really, really poor. Like somehow they were breaking through. They had the runners over the top. Joe Matip getting, kept getting caught out, and he, he had an all right game. Either uh, anyway, sorry, but yeah, it, they should have scored two, probably in that first half. To be honest, we're looking at the scoreline. We got lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. we really did get lucky, and uh, they could have easily won that if they take all their chances. Obviously, it's that header with a brilliant ball in. We just kept getting caught out, and uh, yeah, they were overloading. But there were so many times I was looking at it and going, "We need to drop in," or, or there wasn't enough talking at the back stick with Trent and, and, and Matip. And I was thinking, he, is, if he makes that run, Matip doesn't know about it because Trent's not telling him. But Trent's got this other man over there, and I think we've got to be really. We were speaking about it and. We've got to be careful about these teams just throwing stuff at us yeah. and just going, right, we're going at the European Champions here because yeah. they want to win. Yeah. Obviously, it opens up gaps, but the way they pressed high up, they knew Adrian's coming in, you've got to, you've got to pressure all them passes and he'll, and he'll mess it up. This is, I, was, I, I think this is, the, this, is the, this is the best time of the season to play Liverpool, really, yeah. before we're properly established. You know, if, if we're looking to make tweaks and changes, and Chris did some interesting stuff on stats and tactics on this last week, Cy Hughes has written some stuff about it. Lots of people talking about the way Liverpool are set up defensively and, and, and in midfield and what have you that we are a little bit we look a little bit more suspect at the moment now the the the, the theory is that the cop's doing a couple of things is that he's trying to keep who we've got on their toes so they don't get complacent and also this might be part of a transition into us being an even more offensive possession based team yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't it, it does leave us a touch open going the other way and you're right it's um it makes for makes for difficult watching. I think there's probably a number of probably a number of ways of looking at it, but I don't know whether like Van Dijk getting caught out. I mean, it gets beaten in the air a couple of times. There's one particular thing. It's the Maya Oshida is it header that Andrew yeah. makes a save from. Save, yeah. He's caught flat caught flat footed completely on there, um, which is something that is very uncharacteristically. Uh, you know, isn't very isn't very Virgil Van Dijk. Yeah, and I, I spoke about the the team getting better second half. We did once we weathered that storm. Then then Van Dijk came into his own. That little flick when the ball was coming over the shoulder, and he just flicks it back into midfield. There's so many times when, as a team, we just raised up our level, and Southampton visibly tired, and we went, okay, we're knackered, but they're more tired than us. How is this happening? We are a good side, and once we got that mentality through, but there's going to be more moments in this Premier League campaign where teams are going to go at us. We're going to be knackered and we're going to have to weather the storm and that's down to Van Dijk and I don't know whether it's because he doesn't have Alisson behind him and he didn't have Fabinho in front of him whether he's not out of sorts but he's like I don't exactly know what these players are going to do mm-hmm. so he's focusing on their game a bit too much well to I be fair know. we played Norwich and he had Alisson behind until he got injured he had Alisson behind him and Fabinho in front of him and, and they, were still, they were still getting in yeah. so it's, uh, it's yeah. I mean John it is a I, I mentioned this on the on the news show on Friday with Chris, and I, the, the danger of this talking about a high line without really diving into the, the you know the the, the the nuts nuts and bolts of it all, it's in danger of becoming a bit of a catch-all phrase, and it, it's become a, a generalised talking point that we don't fully un, un, understand. Um, so I don't know. I, I I tend to look at it and say kind of that mid like I say that midfield's completely new that we've we've put out there. I think the goalkeeper, the change of goalkeeper, doesn't make things uh, any easier. Certainly, and again, it's. So so it's so early in the season. I'm, I'm not. There'll be people desperate for, to find holes and things to moan about and things to complain about in Liverpool's performances. But it's the second league game of the season. Um, if this, if Liverpool are like this in the second to last league game of the season, then it's a it's a, a fundamental flaw in how, <laughs> how, how they're playing. But at the minute, you know, there's, I, I would look at it and go, there's plenty of little bits and pieces that can be tweaked about the performance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it wasn't you know a ten out of ten performance. I don't think anyone. Anyone was asking for that, really, and I think, you know, credit where credit's due, we've got to say Southampton were really good. You know what I mean? And we we can almost be guilty, I think, of of expecting us, you know, of like expecting us to just be the best team in the world now because yeah. because we've won the European Cup and you know 
we forget that like season starts slowly. You know what I mean? Like I, even last season, you know, we, we were winning games quite comfortably. But it was people forget. I've seen a few people saying this actually of like, oh, well, last season, blah blah blah. People have very short memories, and we had this the season before when everyone was going, well, Liverpool aren't attacking like they did last season. Like Liverpool started the season pretty, you know, pretty averagely. People always talk about the season before mm-hmm. and they what they've got in their heads is the final six weeks yeah. they forget that we we, we yeah. weren't we weren't blowing teams away this time we started strong into West Ham and then we ground out results and drew a few and, and had some dodgy defensive moments etc etc yeah you know and you forget like exactly that we weren't swashbuckling you know the, the, the kind of buzz around the, the team at the time back then was the fact that we had Joe Gomez and Van Dijk at the back mm-hmm. and then we were like Christ these are brilliant you know what I mean but it, it's going to take a time it, it'll take time for that and you know I think like I say, they seemed they seemed really up for it, and you know you look at maybe what their pre-season's been. They've, he's took them somewhere mad in Europe, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Well, he's took them really, yeah. uh, took them abroad somewhere, and you know he's drilled them to be that fit and to get the best out of the lads who he's got. We were operating, I think, on muscle memory, but again, that that shows you, as Tom says, like as we grew into the game, that shows you that that's all still there, and you know Klopp's not at the time with these lads to be on the training pitch, you know, as as a, as a whole unit, as a, as, a, as a 25 man squad to go through all these things so the, we're going to have performances like this and it's it's almost where you know we need we need as a fan base to kind of get the team through it because they're going to you know now the Super Cup's out the way and you know kind of like you know the summer and stuff's done like we can just bed into the season now from now till Christmas essentially you know there's not much, there's not many extra games really compared to last season yeah. other than the club when you get Cup. into a natural rhythm and to be fair we're about to enter the first time probably with, with the exception of like the week leading up to the first game Obviously, Friday kickoff slightly skews this, but we've been playing two games a at least two games a week all 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 summer. Yeah. Um, we, you're right, we're going to start against that. But the kind of thing I was driving at b- b- before before Jack is that this is the perfect time to play Liverpool if you're a team that's got a bit of ability and you know, a, 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 but you know, harbors some attacking ambition because you might as well just throw everything at us because no, there's no shame in getting battered off the pitch by the European champions there's no shame in that in any way shape or form so no one will begrudge getting spanked by Liverpool however we are not quite at the peak of our powers yet we're still and Klopp himself said you know looking at two months before you really hit your stride in, in, in a season so you might so you might as well there's going to come a point where there's nothing the, the teams will go oh we'll just have a go at Liverpool and they'll have a go and we will just absolutely paste someone as a result because we will be full fit and fired and, but that's kind of what I was saying about this is a good this is kind of a good time to play us because while we're not the um, impenetrable super team what, what, take, take some pot shots because you've got nothing to lose I, I think it was set up perfectly for Southampton this game I think obviously it's their first home game of the season they're playing against a team who have played 120 minutes on Wednesday night I think obviously everyone knew our defence is a bit shaky at the minute we've got Adrian in goal I think obviously Fabinho was never going to play after mm-hmm. his cramp at the end of at the end of the Super Cup and I think for them it was set up perfectly for them to, to react to the 3-0 defeat to Burnley and I think I think they did exactly that I think they played really well I was, I was a bit naive in the week I wanted us to rest players for Arsenal but I think looking into it Klopp did very well to pick, to pick one of our strongest teams because I think I think we had to really look at looking at what happened. And to be fair, a week a week between games yeah. for a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool side is basically mm. a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> like you I mean, that's almost that's almost ideal. Um, let's talk about the front three, Tom, because I, I, like I said earlier, I thought it was a really a really intelligent decision from Klopp. I think it showed how much this game mattered. Yeah. That he just went to the lads. Thanks very much for all your hard work in, in, in midweek. Congratulations on, on winning the game. You're all playing again because you're all in this together. Everyone's everyone's a bit sore. Everyone's a bit tired. But go out there and go and go and put this game to bed. And you know it did take a little while to get going, but like Sadio Mane, God. the second he bangs that one in, you realise that's the that's the difference. We don't need to be the best Liverpool when you've got those three lads on the pitch you're looking at it and, and you speak, speak about it in commentary I watched it back and, and he went that's the difference in quality that one little move by Sergio Mane that's why he's moved from Southampton to Liverpool yeah. because that's what you've got to be at this club and I think Klopp's just looked at this front three and gone look yes we are tired we've got a week after this you can have your break you know what I mean I take it and that's fine but when them from three players are playing like that Obviously, it takes a while, but there's some of the touches, some of the flicks, some of the movements, and and it is Sancho Mane just played everyone off the park. I know Bobby Firmino had had some great mo- moments as well, but Sancho Mane sets up that Bobby Firmino one. Yeah. Sancho Mane sets up the Robbo one when he comes down the wing and, and plays that, and it's all so 
it's all top class. Yeah. We're looking at Sadio Mane and his progression through being this this amazing player. We bring him in, he's Liverpool's main man. Then he gets shafted to the side because Salah comes in. Then everyone realises that Bobby Firmino is the thing that makes everything tick. And then Sadio Mane is on the wayside and he's going, no, no <laughs> look at me. Yeah. Look at what I can do on a football pitch. I can ping one in far corner like Mo Salah. I can be this intricate passer like Bobby Firmino. And I can always... And I can always go down the wing and beat a man I have everything that you need in an attacking player it's we, amazing we went through, we've gone through this season like Community Shield I know we missed a bag full of chances but Salah was brilliant yeah. in the Community Shield he was just every he was constantly in causing a threat and then it's like well Salah's our best player and then the Super Cup Firmino comes on at half time and, you're like, and he changes the game you're like no well come on Bobby Firmino's our best player yeah. and then Southampton you're right Sadio Mane's at the heart of all the best stuff that we do and you're like might be Sadio Mane he's a blessed player and, and there's not many football clubs I think in, in the world who have that debate I mean I look at you look at Manchester City it's Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne. Now, and, and, uh, there'll be games where you can go okay Sterling or, or, or Aguero but really De Bruyne is just is there isn't he whereas for them if, if, the, if I say it's the old wrestling as if the left one don't get you then the right one will or the guy through the middle as well and then you know with the potential from someone like Oxlade Chamberlain or Cater potentially to break out from midfield as well um the way he strikes that ball, <laughs> um, I, I, it looks yeah. like he, he, he just smacks it, like you know, like he, he just like a bit like the Mo Salah Chelsea goal. You watch it back, doesn't bends it. He bends it <laughs> like he hits it as hard as you can possibly hit a football, but with Kel at the same time, it's just an incredible strike. Oh no, it was brilliant. It was a. Uh, it, it, it had shades of Coutinho, which is weird. And like yeah. like Tom says, you know, front three, you know, you forget that he he could almost play attack and mid if he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, Sadio Mane, you know, the way he takes the ball and the, the positions he gets himself in, often like you know when he comes inside. But it was just a phenomenal goal, and you know, t- to do that, having not had a brilliant not not him, but the team not had a brilliant half of football to do that at the end of it, and yeah. and, and to have three you know three men come towards him trying to tackle him or wanting to go put two feet through him was just brilliant and it was vintage I think what 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 Klopp's Liverpool have become you know and yes we rode our luck so I don't think we I don't think Klopp would have us ride our luck as much as we did yeah. but how many times over the last two years we've like not been brilliant in the first half but we and we've either gotten to half time nil nil or we've we've nicked one right at the end of the half and particularly when you nick that late first half goal all that hard work all that luck and Southampton just go psychologically they're like oh, what, what, what are we meant to do how do you pick yourself up for the second half we were, we were very guilty for a long time of doing the opposite way we, yeah. we were very guilty of, of being the team we were brilliant would score two goals and then concede two goals yeah. and, we, and we, as fans we'd be like oh fucking hell you know what I mean but I, I think you know a lot of people touch on the kind of the the, the motivational side of the manager and kind of go like oh look at him you know we you know not our fans other fans kind of saying you know look at him on the touchline being like an idiot and stuff and you know you know atmosphere FC all that type of stuff but I think those types of things are where those moments happen because I think it makes me think of I remember uh, Henri talking about Guardiola on Sky Sports a few years ago saying he always said like I'll coach you to get to the final third and then in the final third it's all on you guys up front and I think there's an element of that with it where it's like I'll show you how to press people and how to you know tactically set up and defend and all that. But every now and again, you've just got to be brilliant, and yeah. that and you are brilliant. You know that's why you're at Liverpool because you're a brilliant footballer. And it's moments like that, you know, where and the manager's very magnanimous in praising the players for that. He never kind of takes credit for them doing doing mad things like that. Even when we have players like Coutinho, he's always very no, like he's world class. And I don't. And I actually just talked about that's why he talks about the mentality monsters, doesn't yeah. he? You know, he, you know, he gives them the tools. But then he, he, he's constantly surprised by how the in-game management of these lads are off their own back decides games. Well, I don't think, just as, as, a, as a decide on man, I, I don't think, and it's weird that it's happened this, I don't think he gets enough credit for just how good he is. And I don't just mean from our fan base, I just mean generally, mm-hmm. generally speaking around world football. Like I can't think of many people who play left side who, who are brilliant, you know, as brilliant as he is, say, and you forget that he's just, you know, he has all those different elements to his game. Like he's not just a left winger, you know, he's a lad who can come inside and play number ten. He actually could do a pretty good shift up front. And as you say, in terms of his mentality, you know, you see that video a couple of weeks ago where Robbo comes in and he's he's in the swimming yeah, pool yeah, and he, yeah. he says like, you know, without me doing your running for you yesterday, you were terrible. You know what I mean? And like he's he's got all those elements to it. Like I think he knows himself. You know, you know, quietly gets the golden boots joint with Salah last year, and we're all sat there going. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, like you, you have scored that many goals, and yeah. you've all, all the kind of as Tom says, all, all the challenges he's had and put, put in front of him in terms of 
we've just got this lad who's just scored 30 goals a season, so now you're going to play left wing. Oh, Sam, I'll just keep scoring more goals and I'll just set up brilliant crosses and stuff. They're important goals, though, Paul. He did it all last season. He's the pe- he's the fella who gets the first goal in the games. He's the fella who, who, who goes, right, do we need to do something? We need to play faster. Bang, I'm gone. I'll pick the ball up and I'll go. And it's, a very, it's, it, it's interesting. Last season, we put Mo Salah in that attacking at, uh, the, um, number nine role and we went, you can do the job there. And Salah was fantastic. But then we've played Manny there and he's been just as good at, at picking the ball up and, 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 and freeing up all these different players. And I can't wait to see his progression because he's still got more to he, come. That's, that's, the thing. That, that's the thing for me is that I call him world class and I think, I think he is, but I think he's like, he's missing two months of the season. Like, you know, it's cumulatively, sometimes it's a, it's a longer spell, sometimes it's a few games, like mid-season, where he, he has a bit of a lull. And I, I, talk, I remember saying this about Phil Coutinho, that he, the season he left us was the first season he was on to do a full season at that level for us. And I think you've got to do it for a full season to be truly, truly world-class. I think Mane's got all of the attributes. And at the peak of his powers, he's unplayable, which makes him, for me, he's absolutely world-class. But the last lingering doubt is, if he just does a full season like this, yeah. I think he'll score 30 goals in all competitions. Easy. Yeah. You know, I think I think you know because he's well on the way already. Having missed the start of the season, um, so I think he's this. This is this is absolutely. There's a little concern. It was last season as good as it gets for Manny, but. Again, I, this, as you say, there's I think there's areas of his game that, that can that, that he can go. I think with Mane as well, he's he's yeah. constantly improving. So I think that that first season Salah came in, he obviously had a, an incredible season. I think last season it freed up Mane more because teams were being more conscious of of Salah. And I think now with with Mane, I think he's he's worked on an area of his game that he was lacking in his finishing. Mm-hmm. I think against Napoli last year, the last Champions League group stage game at home, I think his finishing was quite woeful in that game. He missed some chances that could yeah. have could have come and hurt us. Absolutely. And I think I think since then he's he's really gone to grips with his finishing. Obviously it wasn't just that goal against Southampton, his his second goal against Chelsea was brilliant as well. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's really working on his finishing and you can see week in, week out he's becoming an even better player and I, th- I think it's brilliant to see. We don't just have individuals now. I think the front three as a whole, together individually and as a front three, are, are becoming. Well, they've always playable. been. They, you know, we, we always talk about the units. Yeah. But the, the, you now have you know two two seasons ago it was Mo Salah was the absolute mm-hmm. main man, man, and now we're saying we've now got the ability for any one of those lads on any given day to yeah, step up and be I mean, the best yeah. player on the pitch. My, my my only fear with it slightly, and it, it can be a double-edged sword, depending on, on on going off what you've just said about about this season. But my only fear with him is that. Who we play left side when we when we when we don't play him yeah. in a sense of we play Regi and he's looked good in spells but he's he's not the same player and I think whether we change whether you'd accommodate that by changing formation and stuff but I think that leads to us again wrestling the other two lads yeah. and still playing Sadio so I don't I don't know how we how we get around that but I, you know on the other hand you can look at that the other way as you're <coughs> saying Paul and go well all right well maybe he plays up front number nine because he can hold the ball up brilliantly. And that, that, that leads to him getting 30 goals a season and means that Firmino and Salah are fresh for other games. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I'll just quickly, just, just to refresh it, you know, at Liverpool, 13 goals in all comps in his first season, 20 in all comps in his, in, in his second, 10 and 10 in the Premier League and the Champions League that season, and 26 in all in all last season, 22 and, and 4 in, in the Champions League. Well, so, without pens as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what take, and also taking away from Firmino, but assists, his assist record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think much more to come. And if he's like that, if he had that to his locker because that's one of the things that, that's been missing you know Klopp was asked that last season about shooting from outside the box we shoot less from outside the box I know he's is he outside the box is he just you know, he's on the, on the edge of it shooting from distance that's their, their game changes yeah, okay. you know we need we need players to take the to to take the ball by the horns in those kind of situations that's how you break deadlocks and that's what you require from your, from your best players on the pitch so now Brilliant from Sadio Mane. Um, second half, uh, Jack much much better. Um, Bobby Firmino in particular came alive. I'm so glad that that the chance that he misses, that's the one that's set up by Mane. I'm glad that doesn't come back to haunt us because it's a bit, he should he, he should finish it. But again, he, he then goes on and actually think the one that he does score is actually a much more such a much more difficult, difficult goal yeah. to score ultimately. I, I, th- I think under Klopp, it's, it's, it's known that Firmino is, is the system for us. And I think, well, I personally think the lack of pre-season for him and playing in the Copa America has helped him. I think obviously we've seen with Firmino in the past, obviously he comes back from pre-season as, as most people would, very unfit. And it's taken him the first few weeks of the season to get in. But I think he's come back 
the top of his game. I think first three games I've seen, he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think he changed the game on Wednesday. I think he changed the game in the second half on, on Saturday. And I think I think he's a world-class player and I think we're, we're looking at it. And if, if we can get more goals and assists from him this season, then the front three... Just think how unplayable it would be. Bobby, Bobby Firmino has done already nearly scored two of the best goals I've seen ever. Nearly, they've been saved. And it's just little flashes of, of, of brilliance beating a man so easily. And the, the one thing I noticed him doing quite a bit in that game is just letting the ball run. So the pass, when he scored, he let the ball run. He kind of jumped over it and then brought it round. And it fools defenders because they're like, where's the ball going? Oh, he's passed me. And he did it so many times. He nearly scored after he'd scored the, the, his, his goal. He nearly scored a bit later on. Let the ball run through to his feet. And I think I think it got saved. I can't remember. But it's just little, little things that you... You do when you're on top of your game. You know where the ball's going to be. You know that the ball's perfectly weighted. You know exactly what run to make. You know exactly what pass to make. And I mean, that goal that he scores is unbelievable. He's jinking, jinking, jinking. You're like, ah, oh, now he's got to play it to Trent. I'm waiting for a pass out to Trent. Mo, All the was players. fucking raging that he didn't get the, get the pass. So that you, it's one of those where you're like, ah, oh, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good goal. Yeah, that's a, that's a great finish. Yeah. He beats two Southampton defenders and the goalkeeper nestles and then he does some mad dance in the corner. <laughs> you're thinking, you're back, mate. And it was really interesting, actually. Milner went over to Sadio Mane because the press and, I mean, we'd done it all game, but the press that Sergio Mane puts in there and, and then gives the ball to Firmino take nothing away from Firmino but it's Mane making Miller's celebration the celebration reminds me of that bit at the end of Bad Boys where Will Smith says that's how you drive from now on that's how you drive that's how you finish that's how you finish like yeah I, I love it I, I, the, the whole thing Firmino um, Jack reminds me this season of Firmino from two seasons ago. I think you know, I think last season, I don't know whether part of this is was fatigue or part of it was, you know, we changed his role because we went to the 4-3-1, we played him in the 10 a bit and I, I think that psychologically had a bit of a negative impact on his all-round game. Um, but he, he's playing like, he's playing like the false nine but he's also playing like a number nine more and we saw that two seasons ago where he's happy to be the guy who sticks the ball in the back of the net again. He's happy to be the guy who, when, when the situation demands it, he will drive forward, he will run the ball. He's not just being the Bobby Firmino the creator he also wants to be Bobby Firmino who, who, who guarantees that he gets 20 goals I, this season I think I saw, I saw a quote on Twitter the other day which I think epitomises Bobby Firmino that was I think it was if you watch Bobby Firmino if you watch the game you don't see Bobby Firmino if you watch Bobby Firmino this, you see the game <laughs> and I, I think to be honest he has been awesome this season. The start of this season, if he can keep this up, I think for years Liverpool Liverpool supporters have been like, you know what, he's the system and other supporters have been like, hang on, he's nowhere near your best player. But then I think now you start to see, actually, yeah, he came on in the Super Cup final, he changes the game and I think he's becoming one of them players that the more you watch him, the more you see how, how, how top quality he is and I think I can't I can't emphasise enough how important he is for this football club and, and you see when, when we try different players in that position, it doesn't work the same because the whole system revolves around Firmino and to see him at, at, at this level at the start of the season really, really excites me. Absolutely. Uh, a little shout out to James Milner who's an absolute warrior. Yeah. His face was just <laughs> off. I love that. There's nothing better. I, th- I used to have a book and I think it was Andy Cole had a massive gash on his head playing for England or something like that. Teddy Butcher. Yeah, there's just so many... I- Andy Cole played for Man United centre forward. You know. For England. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. No. But I think it was a bit. He was in an England shirt, just blood all down him, and there's a there's a thing wrapped around his head. It's shades of Martin Scale. Yeah. These players, and you're just like, have you just been booted in the head? Yeah, just give it a rest. Yeah, off, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, it, no, he's out. Yeah, he's pissing blood out of his eye. Just legs off, gets a couple of stitches, gets a bandage on, and legs back on, and just carries on being Miller. Miller, Miller, will, Miller will be brilliant in hell in the cell, and he's got the physique for it. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, right, listen, we've, we've come this far. We've, we've skated around it. Let's talk, Adzian. Um... Shit, any? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he very much went in the, in the space of like three days. Should be like, oh wow, what a great. I, 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 look, Adrian is just fine, isn't he? He's, I, I, and I've seen people saying, well, Allison made a mistake earlier against Leicester last season. It's like, Adrian is fine. He's an absolutely fine backup goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper. And look, it shouldn't be underestimated. Just like the Super Cup, that both with him and without him, like we'd have we'd have lost that game. And he almost lost us and won us the game in the, in, in, in the same breath. Because there's moments in that in the Super Cup where I thought he was just a bit fucking dodgy. Now. I'm not here to dig him out because he's been at the club for about 10 days <laughs> yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden he's been thrown in completely into the deep end and I think largely he's handled it. I think my my thing with him, Tom, is that that mistake was obviously, obviously ludicrously avoidable and I wonder whether, because he looked, he was a bit nervy in the Super Cup, rightly so, he's been dropped in for his first start in a, in a European final for yeah. Liverpool and I wonder whether he's trying to prove how cool he is yeah. by being too cool yeah. and I think in those instances and and maybe maybe ego or arrogance plays a part or whatever but when you nearly get caught out in the first half doing the same thing you make you're just quicker yeah. and, and the ball's just got to go out wide it's got to go over to Trent it's yeah. got to go to whatever it's just got to not be kicked directly at Danny Ings at, at Danny Ings exactly I think it's just him trying to get used to the system Alisson is perfectly suited to what we do Edison's perfectly suited to that uh, Pepe Reina to an extent was probably perfectly suited to that Adrian not so much and I, it was it, when he gets the ball to feet for that goal you see he's either looking at Genie and he's looking at uh, Fabinho and they're both pointing I want it at my feet and for some reason he thinks he can meg Danny Ings and give it to Fabinho <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do but it, it's one of them where he's just not suited to it and that's fine I don't think he's not suited to it I think he's, he's alright but it's just a fucking stupid decision I, yeah, again yeah. and it comes down to it where he's he's trying something He it's not well rehearsed yeah. it's not well drilled which again might not be his entire fault we've all do but I, I always come back to it like, it's the kind of mistake we make on computer games yeah. because ultimately there's no stakes so you can try things that you've not tried before because if you can see the goal who cares you know, it's only a laugh it's a competitive game of football and it very nearly turns the tables on us in that game. Yeah. And all he's got to do, it's fucking obvious, the ball is out to, is, is out to the right. You just open your body up and you and you move the ball on and you, there's no issues. But he holds on to it and I think just think whether he's trying to prove himself more confident or yeah. whether, he's, again, he thinks he's better than he is. It's a, it's a it's a fucking it's a choice of an idiot he'll to learn try and from pass that. it through Danny Ings. Like he is, he will definitely learn from that, and I think the players will have come off at the end of the game and gone, "You've made us work so much harder in that last fifteen minutes." Well, did spell you because see? of that. I mean, Jack, he 
he kind of smiles like ah, uh, and then that smile disappears very quickly because he sees the reaction and his teammates do not find that funny in any way, shape or form. You know, we were comfortable. We were 2-0 up. We were looking a lot better in the second half and we'd had our shaky moments during the game. Adrian himself had had shaky moments that he got away with, but it also saved us from the corner with Yoshida where Van Dijk's been caught mm -hmm. napping and I, I think I think it's a case of him being on the lager since Wednesday to be honest with you I think <laughs> I, I think yeah I think he, he wasn't expecting to play of course I think he's just been caught napping I mean we could make a defensive case there that you know if his ankle's still not right maybe maybe and maybe he's been told maybe like he can't be I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, the simple point is, you know, whether it, whether he's it, it, slowed, his reactions are slowed because of because of pardon the painkillers or whatever. We don't we don't know. And we'll never know. Um, is that down to the defenders then? If they if we know, okay, we need to spread faster and we need to make no, ourselves ready he for the just needs to kick the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a it's a it's a fucking I, ridiculously stupid. I, I was trip. waiting for Mignolet's heel turn on Twitter. You know, the Masters are off. <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah, fucking yeah. not easy, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, um, I think it could be the making of them. To be honest, I I, I agree I'm with sure. you that, that, that it's a. It's a bad mistake, but I think again you forget that we've literally we've we've had a whole season of watching quite possibly the best goalkeeper in the world, one of top three certainly yeah. do that, and it's 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 a unique position, it's a unique ask we ask of our goalies. You know we need to be good with the feet and stuff, and I actually think he is all right with his feet. I don't you know he's, he's not world class, but I think he's decent. Um, but as you say, I, I think it then the the fact that he's done that and fucked up. Makes his job easier. He shouldn't. Now he can just go. All right. Whenever I get this, I'll just boot it out. Yeah. You know what I mean. And, and it becomes. It well, be, you always you know. see it. You see it in, mm. in every level of footy when you're trying to prove how good you are. Often it requires you, you. You just play the game too slowly because really you just keep like five aside, seven aside, even eleven aside. You you should just be moving the ball, doing the simple things. Whereas if you want to try and show how good you are, you actually kind of want the ball. If you, you want everyone, all the eyes to be on you to sh to show you do this. And I, at my my my, I say my sneaking suspicion is that he's just trying to show how well he fits in a bit too much whereas the situations where again just don't and, and I think and you're right I think that'll come and if he'd been if he'd been there for pre-season yeah. I think mm. he probably just he just knows it, it's Klopp is so regimented in how the defence does does things in situations that you do it, it, it's, it's, it's so it's blindingly obvious to us because we've just watched Alisson for the season and prior to that I've watched even Mignolet or Carrius would have made <laughs> Carrius uh, would have made hopefully <laughs> largely sometimes occasionally those decisions better and kick it out for a corner yeah no, I know let's let it run I think John's right now in terms of it'll be the making of him and because I mean people are saying oh you can't equate it to Alisson's mistake because he'll do like Alisson was so much better but you've got to sit there and go alright now you know Alisson knew then what his limit was yeah. and he stopped doing it he stopped yeah. fucking about until he got his confidence and then he did it And uh, but it was interesting the shift in 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 everyone's thought process when Alison had the ball after that though in terms of where I was stood everyone there was just nervy it took me As back it. to Mignolet mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah but everyone uh, sorry everyone was just nervy when Adrian had the ball it took me back to, to Mignolet and, and the way that everyone would be like get rid and just before the end of the game I was like get rid and hopefully that doesn't creep in because we give Alisson a pass. Why can't we give Adrian a you're pass? You're right. You're right. It's, it's tweaking, isn't it? Isn't it, Jack? It's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be prepared to say like, don't, don't just, don't totally give up on what you're doing. Yeah. But you'd have to be, a, just has to be a bit smarter, a bit smarter, a bit, a bit sharper than what he's doing because it's all well and good. But saying that, well, Alisson made a mistake, but. Adrian made that mistake in the first half. That should have been the warning. Yeah. Just get the move the ball quicker, mate. Whereas again, it comes down as we all see it. I think you you try try to make up for your mistakes by doing something more difficult instead of just doing the doing the fundamentals. Uh, I, I think what's important to think of as well is is keepers are going to make mistakes. It's, yeah. it's the most difficult position to play on the pitch. I think obviously the problem with Carius and Mignolet was it wasn't just the odd mistake. Yeah. It happened again and again and again. And I think and they if, were also our first choice goalkeepers. Ex exactly, yeah. and I, I think to turn around to Adrian now and, and, and rule him out is is completely ridiculous because I think he's had his one mistake like like Alisson had last year. And Adrian is nowhere near Alisson's level. Let, let's be yeah. very clear on that. But I think with Adrian, it's look, mate, you've had you've had one mistake. You can't afford to keep making them at Liverpool. Do do the simple things right. Don't bother with the complicated stuff, mm -hmm. and and you'll 
you'll be liked here and that, that's all he needs to do. He needs to he needs to take that mistake and, and move on from it. Absolutely, I completely I completely agree on that. Go on, go on, go on. I was also say the preseason thing as well is I think again you've you've got to put those both of those mistakes as in uh, Allison at Leicester and stuff in context. You know, he, he's just played the season for Roma with the pace is much slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I'm in the Prem. I can't just play football. I have to, you know, boot it long. So that's why goalies in the Prem do that. Same same for Adrian, you know, playing a season behind, you know, West Ham's centre halves. You know, I'm again taking nothing away from West Ham. Like, but they they don't defend they don't defend like we do, but they also don't have centre backs who play football like we do. You know, they they're not, you know, at times we just play with Van Dijk at the back. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and you're happy to give him the ball, and you're basically just the sweeper in case yeah. he misses it or has to uh, needs an option to get rid of it. Yeah. And he won't be used to that, as you say. You know, to come in and literally have been at the club ten days when they've had Andy Lon <laughs> playing goal for half the, you know half a preseason. It, it's a completely different thing, and I, I agree. I agree with you in as much as saying it's his mistake. It's not. I don't think it's the centre halves. Yeah. But I also think as well as we've had so much change in that back line and, yeah. and the goalie over the last five weeks that you there's know. nothing to be there's nothing for us as fans to, to be gained from from writing him off because yeah. look he's gonna have to be the goalie for the next for the next few weeks and hopefully we've just got to trust that he will sharpen up. He, the the tough thing, sorry John, just to move just to move it on, because I think the tough thing is how that the impact that has on the game, because there's no need for that game to be end as nervy as it does, yeah. and that's what it does, and I think that's why it's something he's going to have to he's going to have to improve and he's going to have to deal with because the weight of expectations at Liverpool is bigger than anything he will have experienced in his life because you know we go from the, the, you know watching it on the the, the telly the cameras cut, cut to Ralph Hasenhutler 2 0 and his head's in his hands he's like well my game plan's gone the game's gone 2 0 it's, it's dead and buried it's far yeah. more likely to be three and four than it is to be any other reverse scoreline but it opens the door to Southampton and you know Danny Ings you know is an inspired substitution there he, he adds lots of pace and determination he has that shot that just goes over the bar and he misses an absolute sitter a yard, from a yard out and you know this is why we're lucky I'm I'm still speechless from that chance I don't think I've spoken since it <laughs> <laughs> I sat down with my head in my hands because you, you sat there and you're going, we're being comfortable, we're watching Liverpool play fantastic football, the attack's free scoring, we're not free scoring, but we're just we're just creating chances for fun, midfield starting to come into it, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's getting his feet on the ball and running and blah blah blah, and then that happens and then suddenly the crowd's up, we're quiet in the ground, Southampton are going for it, believing they've got it, and they're playing with the same game plan they had in the first 15, and just throwing men at it, going, going, going. Danny Ings should put that away. I've got a sneaking suspicion he misses it just to, you know, just to be in the uh, Liverpool Masters team exactly. in 10 years' time. And, and just purely because uh, later on, after that, he just didn't even press anymore. He was just thrown around the pitch and I was like, go ahead, Danny, you know what's up. <laughs> You've been gifted one. It was kind of like... Um, Oh, he scored for oh, the right Yeah, and he's just like, I don't want to put this in. Danny Ings didn't want to put that in. Danny Ings wants us to win the league. Yeah. And, and it, it is one of them where it was senseless running. It ended Everyone up being knackered. It ended well. up being, it takes the shine off it. You know, the, the talking point is like, God, we've got away with one yeah. rather than Liverpool. Ground out a really, a really good, it, 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 it changes the, the, the conversation a little bit because it's mad because obviously the game ends and, you know, Klopp's now the fastest ever Liverpool managers of 300 points, uh, which is a phenomenal record when you, when, you, when you think about it. When you consider the only a year or two removed from people doing like the comparisons with Brendan Rodgers and their win percentages and all this kind of stuff and, oh is he any better than Brendan Rodgers yes conclusively <laughs> yeah. miles better than Brendan Rodgers um, but apparently uh, Dan Kenner took to Twitter our good friend and, uh, and football statistical analyst uh, that's the most XG Liverpool have conceded in a game since we lost 4-1 to Spurs in 2017 which is largely credited as being uh, John the turning point under, under Jürgen Klopp uh, in terms of how Liverpool defenders are used Units, etc., etc. Um, that is, you know, that it, uh, we talked about it, and, he, and Dan himself mentions it. We've been lucky, I think, at times this season. We have ridden our luck. Great. I'm all for Liverpool riding the luck, but obviously, the, the point I think Dan's making in that is that you can ride your luck to a point, and you need to be able to ride your luck in a good season. But we, this is probably from now on, Liverpool do need to tighten up, sharpen up, you know, take that luck, and then start to put some real work behind it. We do, and you were you were saying before about them playing the front three again after midweek. I think the front three are carrying the team at the minute a little bit. Um, you know, as we kind of said, you know, you know, Firmino and, and Salah, and you know, they all look really bright after the summer they've had and stuff, and you know, they've clearly all had different different summers. But um, 
we need to do some work, I think, on the midfield for me. I, 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 a lot of people are focused on the high line and stuff. And I, for me, you know, there's loads of things you can go you can go into with that. And you say, you know, this, that and the other, you know, VAR, offside trap, all that things. But I look at the midfield and just think we need to somehow address some issues around that. And it's, it, it's difficult because, you know, there's so many arguments around the things like around Henderson and you know you know the lads who play there and stuff and you know we had the whole Brexit midfield thing last year and stuff which which actually worked in our favour weirdly but I, I just think it, it I just think it's a legs thing at the minute I mean you look at Fabinho with cramp and he does he's never struck me as a player who haven't watched him at Liverpool can do a, a, a full ninety of running if you know yeah. what I mean he's not that type of player but we need to I think look at that and maybe look at just getting lads in who can run mm-hmm. and as you know. We've spent ages talking about why Chamberlain's had a good a good return to action. If you like, he's not that player at the minute, is he? You know, he's not yeah. the lad who's going to do ninety minutes run box to box. You, you need your Hendersons and stuff. And I wonder if it's if it's slightly around that. You know, and a lot a lot of the teams we've played so far, like you look know, at Norwich, play football. Southampton, you know, a, a fit. You know, they're tired but they wear fit. The teams who run at you and want to attack, and that's the worst type of thing you can have if you haven't got yeah. a, a big I, midfield. It's fine the balance. I think you know Fabinho. I think was uh, was overrun at times against Chelsea, or a lot of times against Chelsea, and against Norwich as well. And whether that's just we're trying to commit too many men forward to make sure that you know we're, we're still the threat going the other way. And I think that's the that balance works better when you're coming up against teams who are not looking to take the game to you because you need to commit as many men to attack as, as possible. We're going to have far more of those games, I think, this season. Far more te- It's like, you know, we, we had to convert to be in a possession-based side last season because you can't counter-attack against teams that aren't looking to attack you in the first place. Well, as we started the season, we've played nothing but teams that actually aren't afraid to have a go. Yeah. Which is which is probably a bit unusual for what we're probably going to face as the as the season progresses. But. I think uh, John touched on it before. It, it it is so hard without having training time. But Jurgen Klopp will have said to these, "Look, we get through this, push, get your results, and then you've got a week off every single game now mm-hmm. for like is it three games in a row? I think maybe. Or I know it's definitely two games in a row. You've got a week in between." Have that push. I won't be. I wouldn't be surprised if against Arsenal he plays our full strength. Well, he's got to. Oh, 100%. But but again, week after that, full strength. Week after that, full strength. Because you're going through now, and you go right. You've pushed. Your legs are knackered. We'll have a little bit of a recuperation leading up into Arsenal. We. It's not going to be that tough for a good few weeks. Yeah. So we'll have our recuperation. Klopp can now get them on the training pitch and go, you fucked up there because you're not had the chance to. You fucked up there. Let's make sure we rectify it. The one thing that I'm really happy about that happens throughout all these games and you spoke about muscle memory before, John, it's the offside trap. We've got that down to an absolute T. Even with changing your back line and your centre-halves and what have you, our back line is spot on. On every set piece, it's spot on. And for that for that to be so well drilled in the team, all it's going to take is us getting on the training pitch and drilling out everything else. I completely, completely agree with that. And I think, again, it boils down to this thing for me, is that we there's plenty of room for improvement. It's early in the season. The mission this week was to win the Super Cup and to get three points on the yeah. board. And when you look at the Premier League table, and obviously we're recording this Monday morning, United to play Wolves on, on Monday night. Liverpool, only two teams have got 100% records in the season. Like it, That's how quickly it's all been whittled down. It's two teams at the top end of the league on six points. And um, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're one of them, likely to be three if Man United get the results against Wolves. But that's... That's where the city have already dropped points, which we'll, we'll come on to because we've we, we said we're going to do these shows for free on Mondays. Um, we're going to a little, a little weekend roundup. Plenty of action over the weekend, but John, there's only one game that really warrants any discussion. Um, city Spurs, Man City winning that game, and I put this on Twitter, and a, a few people misinterpreted the meaning because it's Twitter. Um, Man City winning that game with a late goal was the most inevitable thing ever. Yeah. And if anyone watched that game, Spurs were... Well, I don't know if Spurs were terrible, but Man City were unreal. They absolutely battered Spurs, all, particularly the second half. They couldn't get, any, couldn't get anywhere near them. They got, the, they got the goal from the corner. And you, are they going to kick on? No. City just continued to, to continue to batter them. Them scoring a late winner was exactly what was going to happen in that game. And but I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, without getting drawn into the VAR debate, I'm entitled to enjoy that because yeah. I see City as our biggest rivals and if they're going to drop points for VAR, I'm sure Liverpool will drop points because of it later on yeah. in the season. But this weekend, I'm absolutely fucking buzzing off my tits with that. Yeah, and, and so we should be. You know, uh, 
he made some brilliant points last night. I was watching Danny Murphy on Match of the Day. He makes brilliant points about it, ruining the entertainment value. I've had a fucking brilliant weekend. Yeah. Might be, honestly, I, I was absolutely laughing my tits off yesterday at that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just enjoying it because, because it shows you that it, 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 you know, it, it doesn't all account for everything, does it? You know, like all the money side of it, or everything they've got. The fact they've got the best manager, the best players, fucking doesn't matter, lads. You know, if, if it's three millimeters offside, it's, it's fucking, you know, if it's handball or whatever, that's what it is. And yeah. great. Because that, that's a leveller, and you know, again, it comes back to it like, well, it's black and white now, that's the rule. If it's a handball, it's a handball, and people have you know, have lost themselves in, in the whole thing of the spirit of the game and stuff. I get all that, and I agree with a lot of it, but the point is, is at the minute, that's the rule. So, the I, rule's fucking stupid, yeah. the rule but, is massively but stupid. the thing is, that's gonna you say it's gonna bite us on the arse, City will get away with things because of that as well. And but it, it comes down to, and I put the top again, they put the tweet out. The problem at the moment is you're gonna end, and apparently, someone I don't know if it was Jamie, apparently, someone told me Jamie Redden, I've said this like it'll balance itself out over the course of the season. <laughs> that's not the point of VAR. <laughs> yeah. The point of VAR is that you're not meant to have it like you know that it was meant to be an end to this. Oh, don't yeah. worry about it, it'll all level itself out. It's it, but again, you're right, it boils down to interpretations. I would be let hands up who would be fucking raging if you if you got a, if, if we had a goal cost because of because of that the oh, way I'd that's be been given human, yeah. nobody i mean again it comes down to it because they're looking at it and it, I, I get it i get it it's just that it's a it's handball ins- but it's it just it just flicks it deflects, off his arm. It just it flicks it. off his arm, but it deflects into the path of a city player and he scores. Rule is, if, if it hits an hand and it oh, goes yeah. in, or if it, it, I think if it's a shot on target in that phase of play, if the ball goes in, then it's it's not a goal. Yeah. If defenses reset, then it's fine. Apparently, which is mad because there's loads of interpretations. If it's handball and it's not a goal scoring opportunity, you can yeah. wave it on. It's you, stupid. It's not a bad argument. This it's a rule argument. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? yeah. And it is absolute yeah. for me. It's insanity. That that because if you just if it just it's yeah, it just it just this is the problem with it and this is the problem with the analysis we saw this in the World Cup how many penalties were given I think was it around Portugal where there's one like, I always reference yeah, one yeah. it flicks over someone's head and it, it just bounces off it and it's like how is that ever how is that meant to be and when you when you, when you look at it forensically and you see ball strike arm and if you're making ball strike arm the rule then fair play they're making it what? consistent now Paul yeah, that's the one thing but the, yeah, the one the problem thing. is they're, they're making it consistent but it's not across every, uh, across Europe so yeah. did, we saw in the Super Cup obviously we were denied a penalty because the rule isn't the same a, mm. across UEFA as it is in England and I think it's something they need to look at because it's going to cause you know Man City they like to moan they like to think that they're you know everyone's against them I and did all enjoy sorts and reference to the, the, yeah, the Super Cup know, yeah. I, I, I just yeah. think nice to know he was watching us yeah. we, we <laughs> will get we will get things against us but I'm glad it's happened to Man City first because there's no one that deserves it more than them <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sit, the thing with City is we've got to take from that yes we got like Spurs got lucky with that yeah. and by proxy Liverpool got lucky by that you're saying how good yeah. City were and how good they're going to be throughout the season and I think the players need to go now that's how good City are against Spurs we need to carry on and everyone would say oh stop watching City stop caring last season was I was watching two games of football a weekend because it was Liverpool and then it was Man City and I cared about them both equally yeah. I supported whoever City play, uh, City played against so it, it, it is one of them where we're going to watch it through and it's going to be exhausting that was what that was what was, te- was, was, you're right, was terrifying about that because I made a point if you're going to watch City games only watch them play the, the best teams the ones that are the most likely to have a, ga- have a game in because if you're watching them t- and I know they actually drop points in the most unlikely yeah. game and Leicester mm. and Newcastle and what have you last season um, but you know you can't live your life that way but so I, you know, I, I was in and out to be honest I didn't really watch the first hour I was playing with the kids I dropped in I watched a bit I had my dinner on I didn't watch I didn't even see the last five minutes I had it on the, had it on the radio while we were having, having dinner which makes me sound like I was growing up, up in the 1940s <laughs> on the wireless um, but um, <laughs> it was um you can't, you know. You, you, so I, I objectively, absolutely enjoyed it because it was just a nice dramatic, dramatic twist to the whole yeah. weekend sport. It was great. It's an element of modern football eating itself yeah. a little bit, isn't it? Because they are the, the, you know, the epitome of modern football in the sense of the money, the players, yeah, yeah. the athleticism, but also the prem. And part of me really loves that because it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing, and you've made this point in, in the years I've I've watched this show, you've made this point frequently, is that. One, the thing I like about it is that we've now got six points at the top of the league quietly. All right, it's two games in. 
But what I like is that the story now is City Spurs. It's not Liverpool. It's not Adrian and a mistake. It's yeah. all the focus is on. And that will be his press conference this week. Yeah. Going into next week, that'll be all the headlines. Going into next weekend, yeah. that'll be all the build-up to their next game. And it, all the focus, even though we're top of the league, goes on them. Yeah. And that's great. And they've got now got to fight back towards being... I think with that being said it does put a tiny bit more pressure on us against against Arsenal because I think obviously we're both sat top of the league if, if Man United drop points at the Molyneux tonight which which is kind of likely we saw how Wolves did against the top six last year but I think if they drop points or not obviously it's it's who's going to slip up first I saw Arsenal yeah, and I, th- I, th- yeah. I think I th- to be fair mate I think psychologically I think we, we need to be wary of getting delving too much into yeah. analysis things this early point in the season is a constant reminder you, 10 games Give the league ten games and see where it see where it pans out. But like take encouragement, encouraging yeah. notes along along, along the way. I, I think that's a brilliant thing that we have Arsenal so early on because again, it gives you a chance to be the only effectively the only team who's got an unbeaten record at the yeah. start at, at the start of the season already. It gives you a chance to give that to have that advantage to start to accrue some points to point to points gas. But no, I think so far so far so good. The, the point is for, for bringing it back to Liverpool is that. To be to to have to take six points out of six without being anything like the team that Liverpool can be, and winning just, a trophy, and winning yeah. and winning silver yeah. along the way is a, is a very very positive start to the league campaign. Uh, listen, if you want more chat around the league, uh, we've literally got a show called Around the League. Uh, it's on the RedmenTV.com. It's going to be talking, I'm sure, in much more depth and detail around the city stuff and the bar stuff and everything else that happened this weekend. Uh, probably, I'm sure Pookie once again uh, nailing the goals. We apparently scored more. Uh, as many as many Premier League hat tricks as Bearcamp and Ronaldo. Yeah, Everyone, yeah so. Jack Reeve and Talk Norwich were very happy to push <laughs> that one this weekend. Um, uh, the Ev getting a win against in their in their derby against Watford, um, the Marco Silva derby, uh, and all that stuff. So yeah, go over to the RedmenTV.com, sign up for uh, for an amazing show every single week, and we've got a Reds News Roundup show on there as well. And when there's two games a week, this show will be your midweek show on there as well, and an instant match reaction, 10-15 minutes after every Liverpool game, uh, going straight onto the website. So yeah, sign up; it's completely free for the first month. You get video and you get it in podcast form as well in your native podcast apps. What better time to sign up? Than with Liverpool top of the league and the Super Cup holders uh, and the champions of Europe. Uh, anyway, we'll see it all there. Thank you for watching, for listening, and for subscribing. Ta-da.